All right. It is good to see you. You know, we just went through a little, what, graduation season where people start matriculating and moving on to bigger and brighter things. Well, I'm here to tell you on June 21st that the San Francisco Giants have officially graduated from kind of interesting all the way to downright entertaining. I mean, that's where we are right here. We are downright entertaining. The Giants are fun to watch. There were times during the years where the Giants were winning championships where I don't know if they qualified as fun to watch, to be totally honest with you, but it feels like they are fun to watch now. It feels like they are officially interesting. And man, Last night, you'd got Jock Peterson homering to tie the game in the eighth inning and then a walk-off, bases-loaded walk in the ninth for Jacques, and everyone goes home happy for the ninth straight time. The Giants have won nine in a row. They're looking for ten tonight. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We got ourselves a baseball season, boys and girls. Now, I know that it is a big, busy NBA week. We've been talking NBA, and we're going to get to NBA here. But, my goodness, um, look, th this youth movement that the Giants have, I mean, it's a legitimate youth movement. They set the table. Set the table for the win last night. You got Matos starting the ninth for San Francisco with a one-out walk. Then you got Patrick Bailey with a single to left. Pinch hitter Casey Schmidt loads them up after getting a free pass on a pitch clock violation. Now, I know Casey Schmidt doesn't really like to walk very much, but he's drawn a couple of very important walks in the last couple of games. These two wins over the San Diego Padres have had to deal with his patience. Um, man. All I can tell you is that this is a team that has got a little something going for it. We often, normally when a baseball team is losing, you say something out loud like, you know, it's really not whether you're winning or losing, it's how you're playing. Well, let's apply that to a nine-game winning streak, too. Because it's really not whether you're winning or losing in baseball. There's enough days to lose built into the regular season as it is to where you don't need to worry about dropping a game here or there. For the most part, how are you playing? Are you stringing together good at-bats? Are your Is your bullpen giving you good innings? Are your starters giving you... Well, we live in a day where if your starter gives you four, that's, that's, that's good, right? I mean, it's ridiculous what we ask starting pitchers to do or not do these days. But... Even in the nine-game winning streak, the nine wins aside, like the Giants are playing really good baseball. They're certainly not the defensive adventure that they were all last year, so it looks like they've shored that up a little bit. They got new faces in new places that are actually producing very early in their rookie seasons. That's exciting. Uh, they're playing a brand of baseball where they are coming back almost on a nightly basis. You, know, I mean, you used to watch a Giants game, and it was 3 4 nothing in the fourth or fifth inning, and you'd be like, well, what else is on tonight? Like They're not coming back from that. Like a three-run cushion used to be, like, devastating. Not anymore. Not anymore. This team's got a little something going for it. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. San Diego, by the way, going with you, Darvish, tonight. The Giants are turning to Ryan Walker to start a bullpen game. The, the rookie's been impressive. He's got like 16-plus relief innings. He's looked really good. We'll see what he looks like as a starter and opener tonight, if that's what you want to call it. We'll see how much of a leash he gets. And look, for all the criticism of Farhan and Gabe Kapler, critics have been pretty silent this month, haven't they? Gabe Kapler might be a weirdo. He is a weirdo. 
but he's a weirdo that's got things on the right track right now and say whatever you want about Farhan, what he has or has not done. This is starting to work. This is officially starting to work and it's not, it doesn't feel like it's working with over tinkering as much as it's working with, hey, we got some guys who are starting to turn into some everyday players out here. Mike Yastrzemski, the straw that stirs the drink is starting to heat it up. So this is uh, this has been a really good month of baseball for the San Francisco Giants. And man, don't look now. I think they're only two and a half back of the division lead. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you uh, about my wonderful sponsors, this handsome guy right here in this cardboard cutout. That is Ike. Ike sells sandwiches for a living, and he does it to the tune of almost 100 stores open on the West Coast. No matter where you are, there's probably an Ike's around you. Go get yourself a delicious sandwich. You're going to be happy that you did. Any taste, any flavor that you could possibly think of wanting, he's got it for you. So get yourself to Ike's. Uh, You know the legend. It grows by the day. Uh, speaking of growing legends, Uncle Boys. Uncle Boys is a delicious cheeseburger to be found in the inner Richmond on Balboa and Fourth. You go ahead, you get yourself an Uncle Boys burger. You get the OG, the cowboy burger. You get some onion rings and do not forget the lumpia. Oh, the lumpia is legit. Get yourself some lumpia at Uncle Boy's. Already tried the burger like that? Good. Didn't get the lumpia? You got a reason to go back now. And when you go and step up to the bar, look for a bottle of blackened whiskey. Metallica's got a real deal whiskey out on the market right now. You can pick it up at BevMo. You can get it at a few other places as well. And I suggest you don't just get one bottle. You get two. You're going to be very happy. You're going to like it on the rocks. You're going to like it neat. You're going to like it in a cocktail. It is versatile. It is delicious. You want a great whiskey that is smooth, yummy, spicy, at a very approachable price point. You get yourself a bottle of blackened and you'll be happy, happy, happy that you indeed did. Love our sponsors. It grows, baby. And thanks to all of you. I'm looking at the chat. There are new names in the chat by the day. There are new, new people. I mean, new names, names I have not seen before, names I have not noticed before. Not only are they showing in and up during the show, they've already joined the Plusers who are waiting and chatting with each other before the show even begins. So I thank you very, very much. We're growing, and we've officially crossed an ocean. We'll uh, get to all of that in just a second. Um, I love, since we're talking a little baseball here to open today's show, I love the hum baby that the Giants put up above the archway out on the brick wall in right center field. Keep that. That shouldn't just be there for the rest of the year. I love that hum baby Roger Craig tribute. Keep that bad boy. It looks fantastic. It's part of Giants lore. I mean, if the Giants had to have, like, what is it, what is your still, like, official saying? That's it. You know, tell it goodbye and hum baby are the two phrases that come to my mind when I think of Giants baseball. So I love that little tribute to Roger Craig that they put up on that brick wall. I would 100% keep that up. Look at this. By the way, we've got people saying, uh, this is uh, Michael saying Damon's getting that overseas Japan love. We indeed we are, indeed we are. Uh, hum baby, I love that sign. 
Yeah, me too. I, I really like it. Rock and New Era 84. I love that sign. It looks fantastic. Uh, Irwin, talking about the lumpia. Los cigarellos are fired up for the dipping sauce. Yeah, oh, dude, they are so good. That dipping sauce they got, that little uh, spicy um, sweet and sour that they give you with the lumpia. I like that an awful lot. Uh, Irwin going with lumpia cigarellos. I, did I say that right? I hope I said that right. I don't know if I said that right. I hope I said that right. But look, this is uh, speaking of eating, Baron Red saying, I'm eating crow on Farhan. I was wrong. Well, look, Farhan's done plenty of things that are worthy of criticism. But being incompetent, putting together a team that knows how to go out and play and win baseball games, I don't know if he's guilty of that. He's guilty of being off on a few flavor notes, but this guy's not ruining the meal. There is no doubt about that. Like, here's a new name. Here's a new name right here. Datu Blessed. Wifey getting me this Thursday's game. I'm hoping the Giants are going for a sweep. First game for the one-year-old, too. That's awesome. Wait a minute. Is that my guy from Uncle Boys? I think this is my man from Uncle Boys. I, I don't think I can count him as new. But uh, you know what? Here's a name I'm not familiar with. Who's Vince Pindar? Plus. Bruce. Welcome. Welcome to the family. We hope you, you, you plan on sticking around. Look, we'll get back into the chat for Club Plus. Again, it's great to see so many new names in here. Uh, great to see that hum baby on the outfield wall. I really like that. When it comes to playing exciting baseball, coming back and coming from behind is part of that journey, right? And the Giants are all over that part of the journey right now. But it's coming kind of commonplace in baseball. I saw this last night. Coming back from a crooked number is really very fashionable these days around baseball. On Tuesday, the Milwaukee Brewers rallied to beat Arizona becoming the 10th consecutive day that at least one major league team has come back from a four-run deficit to win a baseball game. The 10 consecutive days of at least one team rallying from a four-run deficit to win ties the longest streak in modern baseball history. It also happened in May back in 2000. So what do you attribute that to? What could that be attributed to? Declining talent in the bullpen? No, that's not it. Bullpen's got talent like never before around Major League Baseball. Every team's bringing 98 with cheese out of the pen at some point. So is it the pitch count? Is it the pitch clock? Like what is leading to these comebacks? I, I, I don't know. But it's happening frequently in baseball. When four runs basically used to mean, yeah, this this game's pretty much over right here. It ain't over right here anymore, and it's not been that way for the Giants. And by the way, with that Brewers rally against the Diamondbacks, the Giants are just two and a half back of the Diamondbacks in the division. So just throwing that out there. So while the Giants have won nine in a row, obviously for the A's, it's never a sunny day. Um, they're in Cleveland. They're at the Guardians. They're riding a six-game losing streak. So back to sadness for A's fans. I'm so sorry. Um, and again, we've gone across the pond. It grows, baby. It absolutely grows. Um, Otani Tuesdays 
is something that we're going to be doing. The most popular video I've put out here since doing this, it's not about the Warriors. It's not about the 49ers. It's not about the Giants. It was about Shohei Otani. And, you know, as I'm trying to figure out YouTube and how to use it and make that algorithm like me very much, you want to double down on the things that are working and are being picked up by people and you want to walk away from the things that aren't working. So not just to please the algorithm, but to do it for me too. I mean, there's no performative here. If I'm not interested in it, I'm not going to be doing it. I think Shohei Otani is the single greatest baseball player to ever be born. I mean, if he were in Yankees pinstripes, you would be so sick and tired of him by now because he'd be so jammed down your throat. We have this greatest resource that the game has ever seen, and it hasn't been plundered yet. It hasn't been exploited yet, which means it's still sort of innocent and pure and beautiful. Not when I'm done with it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I have a friend. I have a friend in Japan who introduced himself to me via email, reached out, and it was really, it's one of the most lovely emails I've ever received. I hear, I want to open it up. I almost want to share it with you here. Um, listen to this. We're, we're just not writing emails like this to each other in America. Dear Damon Bruce Sama, my name is Shirashi. I'm writing to you from Japan, and I'm a big fan of your content. First and foremost, please accept my sincere apologies for the abruptness of this message. Recently, a friend of mine requested a favor asking me to translate one of your channel's videos. It was the one about Otani. Because there's such an excitement, we want to share your excitement with Japanese speakers. I deeply respect your work and understand the importance of respecting a content creator's rights upon reflection. I've realized that my actions may have crossed boundaries, and I genuinely apologize for any discomfort or inconvenience caused if you find my translations inappropriate. Okay, there hasn't been an email that lovely written in the United States probably in the last 10 years. So, uh, Shirashi, thank you. Not only have you not caused me any discomfort, not only have you not caused me any inconvenience, you have brought a smile to my face that goes from ear to ear. I love the fact that my YouTube videos about Shohei Otani are being translated into Japanese for Japanese baseball fans. I couldn't be more humbled, man. I, seriously, thank you so very, very much. Um, so every Tuesday, we're going to have Otani Tuesdays. It's going to be a weekly Otani report. He does something special. We'll break right in. That's the beauty of YouTube. You can go whenever you want, but we will be spotlighting Shohei Otani because he is literally the greatest baseball player of all time, and we need to start appropriately covering him as such. He starts tonight for the Angels, by the way. The Angels were shut down by Clayton Kershaw last night, who was all kinds of Clayton Kershaw last night. He was fantastic. Uh, Dodgers got a win over the Angels. Kershaw's got like a 22 inning scoreless streak going on uh, at Angel Stadium. So um, Kershaw was really, really good. It takes a future Hall of Famer to shut down a future Hall of Famer, I guess. But look, this is what you need to know about Otani. And that was the gist of last night's video. Mike Trout is comprehensively one of the single greatest baseball players of all time. And he has been completely pushed off the statistical leaderboard by his teammate who does everything you've ever wanted to see a player do from the mound, and he also does it in the batter's box. There's just nothing like him. Again, Damon, you find a way to crack in that Philippine 
algorithm. Well, I keep talking about Lumpia, you know, so I'm hopefully halfway there. Thank you very much. And that, by the way, is my man at Uncle Boys. Datu blessed. I appreciate that. Um, Sugar Shane, 555. Damon Bruce, Ichiban. Konnichiwa. I was talking to Jillian last night. I'm like, can I get a geisha to come do the show with me? She's like, would that be offensive? I'm like, I don't think so. It's not like I'm inventing the geisha. They did that. And then I said to Jillian, who, who, what do you mean offensive? Who, who's who's, who's going to suspend me? Doesn't, what do you mean? How can I offend anybody? If I do, I don't care. I think it'd be hot to have a geisha here translating my Otani videos. It's just me. I'm just throwing that out there. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> if the sponsors really go flint on demand saying, so come on down to see your to to Tokyo era Toyota dealer and tell them that Damon sent you. It's a home run of savings. Yeah, I, I see money in this too. Thank you very much. Look at it this way. How do I get this into an all expense paid trip to Japan? That's what I'd like. So Otani Tuesdays are coming to you, and I hope you're here for it. Um, the guy's so special. Did you see, by the way, the funny story of Brandon Belt that hit the media this week? Brandon Belt right now is second in American League DH All-Star voting with 1,387,000 plus votes. And he was asked, to, no, he's 1,387,000 plus votes behind Shohei Otani, who is leading the category. And Brandon Belt says, quote, yeah, that's how you know it's all rigged. I should be number one. Everybody knows I'm a better hitter than he is, a better DH, a better team leader. But here we are. <laughs> Brandon Belt gets picked up. This quote gets picked up and people are like, how dare he? So tell me you don't watch much baseball outside of your own market if you're offended by what Brandon Belt said and you don't know who Brandon Belt is after all these years he played with the Giants. He is just joking. The captain is only joking there. So the electrical tape captain that is Brandon Belt is only joking. It's a very dry sense of humor. It's like a dry heat. It's a dry sense of humor. Uh, he does not think he's better than Otani. Maybe he thinks he's a better pitcher, but we'll still have to find out, I guess. But that's pretty funny. R.I.P. Cougar Rebel says, hey, the captain went international too. Well, I mean, yeah, just because he's up in Canada. But boy, he pissed off a lot of people. See, Erwin, this is what I'm talking about. Geisha pouring a Damon a cup every time he has a hot take? That'd be viewing gold. Absolutely. Like, we just learned that yesterday was the anniversary of the Karate Kid 2. We could do the tea ceremony with, what was her name? Mikio? Do a tea ceremony? I'm into it. I love ceremony. That's why I still like rolling joints. There's a ceremony to it. By the way, a little jingle jangle will help fill the ganja jar, so you go right ahead. Thank you very, very much. Worst play at the plate of the year happened in baseball last night, and Bruce Bochy had to get ejected because of it. An overturned play at the plate became the winning run for the White Sox, and catcher's interference was the call on Rangers catcher Jonah Heim. Um, watch that video. Watch it in slow motion. And then listen to the umpire replay booth explanation as to why that was catcher's interference. It makes less sense the more time you're trying to give it your attention. 
Now, this is the Buster Posey rule, which I hate. I hate the Buster Posey rule. Like, I do. I, I, I fucking hate that rule. It's Major League Baseball. You should be allowed to crash into the catcher at home plate. If that's just too bad, you know what? If, that's, if that means the sport's too tough for you, go get a job doing something else. Don't be a catcher. I hate that rule. And I'm going to hate that rule for every day it's there, but I'm going to hate it twice as much on days where they don't even know how to correctly interpret the new stupid rule that I hate so much. Mo- so much. I'm talking about Boach. Bruce Bochy. I hate it so much. Uh, Bruce Bochy says, and I quote, for that call to be made, I'm dumbfounded. It's absolutely one of the worst calls I've ever seen, and it was done by replay. I just don't get it. I don't care how many times they try to explain it. You can't do that in that situation. It's a shame. It's embarrassing. Really? I agree with you, Boach. I've looked at this thing a million times. The White Sox broadcasters, Jason Benetti and... uh, and and Steve Stone, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't explain it. It was a terrible call, a terrible rule, a terrible call, inappropriately interpreted in the wrong moment. Everything about that play sucks. Damn you, Scott Cousins. <laughs> R.I.P. Cougar Rebel. Sporticus, you're right about this. That play is why the Buster Posey rule should never have been implemented. You know who you'd agree who would agree with that? Buster Posey. Well, I don't know. I don't know how Buster really feels about that. Buster was a little, little just a touch soft. I'm gonna just tell you out there. That was his reputation. He was a little so he didn't like any contact behind the plate. He didn't like catching Tim Lincecum's change up because he didn't know where it was going. I don't know if Buster doesn't like that. Michael dropping the Sanchi. Thank you, Michael. All right, I got to get out of the chat. We'll save that for Club Plus starting in just a little bit. I'm going to be uh, talking a little bit later this afternoon, and of course, we'll put it up on YouTube uh, when we have it. I'm going to be doing a home and home with Larry Kruger, I believe, around five o'clock today. I'm going to be doing something with Marcus Thompson, a review of where the Warriors are, a preview of what's going to happen for them in the NBA draft tomorrow. Obviously, the conversation will start with Draymond Green, who you know has got a lot of people talking about him because he opted out, as I've said many times. The first step to him. Becoming a warrior was always him opting out of the one-year player option. He wants a multiple-year deal to return. There's That much is clear. Um, when it comes to desperately seeking Draymond, I saw The Athletic crank out a what would be landing spots for him if somebody really decided we're going to go after Draymond, what teams would Draymond appeal to, and what teams would be appealing to Draymond Green. And there was a little bit of a list. It was a list of options. And most of them feel like aren't even they're not even really options. The list starts with the Lakers saying that, you know, Green loves LeBron. He talks about him constantly. It's the kind of depth that would make this team, the Lakers, a real, real defensive monster. But it feels like a little bit of a logistical stretch. Sacramento suggested might be a little awkward considering he stepped on Sabonis. Believe me, if Draymond were to become a Sacramento King, Sabonis would be the first to love him. 
Kings need defense to tie it all together. The move wouldn't be that far. There's a relationship with Mike Brown, but there's no cap space. So how do you do that? Dallas thrown in there. The Mavericks desperately need someone like Green to direct a defense and turn Luka Doncic into an off-ball weapon. He also sets a culture the Mavericks have failed to build, but again, Dallas has no cap space or attractive pieces to dangle back to the Warriors in any kind of a sign-in trade, so that's probably not happening. The Houston Rockets, they could definitely use a mentor like Draymond Green for that young of a team, but does Draymond want to attach himself to a non-contender fill of young players and make Maybe James Harden coming back for just the strip clubs. Doesn't feel like that's going to be a fit. The Utah Jazz, look, he would be a lot of what the Utah Jazz want, but they're really not a contender right now. Utah, Draymond doesn't feel like a fit. Portland, again, does Portland have the kind of team that Draymond would want to go join? He'd be great for the Trailblazers, but would the Trailblazers be great for Draymond? I don't know. Pacers, I don't think so. Golden State, what do you think about the Golden State Warriors being a good landing spot for Draymond Green? Feels like the two of them could use each other. Look, he's probably going to get the security of a three- or four-year deal, around 25 to $27 million spread out over those three or four years. Will it be bad in the last end of that contract? Probably, but there aren't a lot of deals that aren't bad in the last end of that contract. That's why they're called expiring contracts around the NBA, and they're famous for just clearing cap space if you're willing to move one. I don't see Draymond leaving the Warriors. I don't see the Warriors leaving Draymond. I really think that they put that deal together. When it comes to the draft tomorrow, it's going to be very interesting to see what direction the Warriors go in. Again, I know that there's a lot of rumor that they're going to flip pool. They're going to flip Kaminga, try to get up into the lottery. I don't think either is going to happen. I'm on team. I don't believe that rumor. Now, just because I'm on that team doesn't mean my team is right. I don't know. But I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, Trace Jackson Davis, I'm trying to speak it into existence. Trace Jackson Davis at 19th from Indiana at 19. And not just because I went to IU, not just because the banner's up there. I really do think he would fit the Warriors. The right small ball five for a team that when it comes to drafting a traditional center, it's always been a little bit of a square peg situation. So we'll be talking to Marcus Thompson about this a little bit later on. I'm sure we'll be talking to Larry Kruger about this a little bit later on. Can I, can I turn dark just for a minute? Because we're watching the debate about where this draft really starts at two. Is it going to be Scoot Henderson or is it going to be Brandon Miller going to the Charlotte Hornets? And apparently Brandon Miller is starting to see his name being used at being drafted number two behind Webb and Yama more than Scoot Henderson. And Henderson has been the guy that has had so many articles written about him and his potential and what he could be one day that it sort of knocked Brandon Miller back a little bit. Plus Brandon Miller's got you know, a relationship to a death in college. Um, and it, this sounds a little sickening, and this is where it turns dark. I wonder if NBA teams, if we're going to shoot them and inject them with a little sodium pentothal, wouldn't almost look at that, not the action, but how he dealt with it as an attribute. Alabama's Brandon Miller delivered a gun to a person who then used that gun in a murder. This is not to be debated. 
This apparently is the matter of fact. It happened. It's not good. It sounds kind of gross. But if you're an NBA team evaluating Brandon Miller, maybe you're a little bit impressed by the way he handled an awful lot of a negative attention that rightfully so came down on him and the Alabama program. And that kid didn't buckle under an intense media spotlight. When I'm looking at player attributes, mental toughness, the ability to tune out noise in media, in social media, again, this is a dark way to find out that a player has that attribute, but I think that Brandon Miller has checked that box. Again, this might be a little dark for some people, but I, I look, the kid doesn't rattle. With the world saying he's involved in a murder, he's still out there getting 19 and 8. And he wasn't involved in the murder. He was not involved. They know that. But um, he might have brought the weapon that did the murdering. And there really is no might. He did. A little dark. A little dark. But he's already, in my mind, kind of past that trappings of fame media spotlight question that you really don't know how a player will react to it until they get that spotlight put upon them. Adam Silver has gone out of his way to talk about how miserable players in his league are because they can't put their phones down. They can't stop listening to the noise. It's really weird. But I wonder if that isn't allowing Brandon Miller's stock to grow in the eyes of some NBA evaluators. Like, this kid got handed the shit stick of the internet, and it rolled right off of him. To me, there's something there there. It's a dark way to find out you got that attribute, but there it is. Uh, I saw a story. Um, uh, I told you that the EA is about to come back out with a college game. There is now some group licensing company suing EA over... NIL rights arguing the video game circumvented league. Just stop it. We need this video game. Stop it. Give every kid 300 bucks. I don't know what to tell you anymore. Just give me the damn video game. I'm, this is the point where I join the college conversation where I say out loud, I don't care what kid gets screwed over. Like I'm, I'm taking the Ray Ratto advice. Always root for yourself. I just want this college football video game, and I want it soon. No more holdups. No more delays. Jeez. Hold on. That this feels like the sip of the day. Hold on. Good coffee this morning. Good coffee. Uncle Damon wants to give you good advice. The amount of professional athletes who should just be tuning into the plus to get this good advice should be growing by the day. It really should. Um, did you see the Tyreek Hill? Couldn't help but take the bait, apparently. Now, it doesn't sound like much of anything is going to be happening down in Miami, but ESPN has a story that Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill is under investigations for assault battery at a Miami Beach marina. According to WPLG-TV in Miami, Hill allegedly hit a marina employee during a disagreement that took place this past weekend. 
Miami sports radio show host Andy Slater reported that Hill slapped the employee on the back of the head, but that the employee has declined to press charges at this time. So, you know, good. The Dolphins kind of feel like they know this is one big scoop of nothing because they released a statement. And whenever the statement is anything other than we refuse to comment on it this time, and they actually comment, even though they're trying to float that we're not commenting on it at this time. So that, that's what's going on here. The Dolphins said, we're aware of the situation and have been in contact with Tyreek. Uh, the Dolphins said, we will reserve further comment at this time. But in other words, we've already been in touch with Tyreek about this. We know it's kind of a big scoop of nonsense. And look, all I'm just telling you is, Tyreek, don't touch anybody. There's nothing to be gained. There's just nothing to be gained. Play the risk-reward game in your own mind. What do you have to gain beyond a temporary moment of satisfaction by smacking somebody in the back of their head? You have everything to lose. You have nothing to gain in that transaction. And you shouldn't be looking to have a transaction with anyone in a public space if you're a professional athlete that you have nothing to gain with other than goodwill because you were wonderful. You stopped, you took a picture, and you smiled, and you signed an autograph. That's what you need to do. Do not get involved in dicking around with nobodies. That's good advice from Uncle Damon if you're a professional athlete. Just knock it off. Just knock it off. What do you have to lose? Possibly hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in a lawsuit. What does this person have to lose? Nothing. They're working at a dock in a Miami arena. A marina. Not an arena. Marina. Make good choices. That's what Cousin Brucey, Uncle Brucey would tell you all about. Make good choices. Before we get into Club Plus, I want to wrap up with a happy birthday, but not a happy birthday to someone, but a happy birthday to something. And it's something that never has appealed to me. It's something that... I didn't think was going to be around as long as it has been now, but it is clearly starting to work. And there is an uptick in interest that is undeniable. And even though something isn't for me, doesn't mean it might not be for you. And I have to, at this point in time, tip my cap off and salute the WNBA. The WNBA turns 26 years old today. If you are saying, well, the day your league is born is the day that it contests its first game. The WNBA debuted with its first ever league game today in 1997. The New York Liberty defeated the Los Angeles Sparks. Big win for Rebecca Lobo over Lisa Leslie. And the fact that I know those names means that, you know, there you go, WNBA. There's proof that you've you've won in some way right there. But the league is growing. I wonder if the Bay Area will ever get a WNBA team. I wonder how the Bay Area would support a WNBA team, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it actually happen eventually. And I don't know if the league could absolutely stand on its own financially, but there is no doubt the WNBA is working more and garnering more legitimate interest from legitimate sports fans than ever before. So cheers to the WNBA 26 years old, which means, woo, she's in her prime, baby. In her prime. 
Thanks to all of you, whether you be 26, 36, 46, 16, or only six years old, it's great to have you here watching today. It truly is. It's wonderful to have you aboard. Again, welcome, Japan. Thank you, Shirashi, for translating the Otani videos. Thanks to all of you for coming in today, gathering before the show even starts in the chat room. You plusers are phenomenal, and we're going to party with you as we get into Club Plus right now. But if you're listening on the podcast, I say thank you so very much for doing that today. And please do remember that sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, he's gone.